Hey guys, it's Nihal here. Just want to apologize for pushing out our Barclays Premier League preview late. Uh, I know it's after week one of the Premier League, but we did make our predictions beforehand. Uh, it was a pretty hectic week last week. We went on vacation. We had an interview with a very special guest, which you'll hear about at the beginning of this episode coming up. Um, but yeah, just want to apologize for that. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 56. I'm your host, Akatar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. We've got a very special episode for you guys today. We're going to be doing our Premier League preview. So we're going to be going through each team alphabetically and doing a profile on them. And uh, during that time, we'll be saying what general area that team is going to finish in in the table. So we've broken it down to categories, Champion, Champions League, Europa League, mid-table, relegation battle teams, and teams that just end up getting relegated. So uh, before we get into the preview, though, we're going to tell you about an amazing soccer apparel brand named Ambitious Strike. Uh, if you want 15% off discount at ambitiousstrike.com, you can enter the code BROTHERS at checkout. Yep, go check them out. And just a little bit more to explain what Sahil is saying. So obviously the champion is first place. The Champions League spots are uh, 1 through 4, so they'll be 2 through 4 because they're not the champion. Europa League is 5 through 8. We know eight, seven, and 8 aren't necessarily Europa League, but that's what we're going to do. Mid-table is 9 through 14. Relegation battle is five, 15 through 17, excuse me. And relegation is 18, 18 through 20. And as we're, you know, those are obviously broad categories. As we're talking about the team, we might, you know, say they're going to finish at the top of this, or they're going to finish towards the top of the mid-table, um, or near the Champions League, stuff like that. So, uh, we just didn't want to do specific places because, you know, it's just so hard to predict that. There's really... And, like, I bet during the preview we're going to change our minds, so it's just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no point of it. And then another thing, at the end of the podcast, we will be doing some player awards, player award predictions for the Premier League season. Also, before we get into the preview, we have some very exciting news. On episode 60 of the Soccer Brothers podcast... We will have U.S. men's national team and MLS legend Landon Donovan sitting down with us and talking about his career, different soccer topics. We're very, very excited. Uh, we actually have completed the interview, but we're going to release it a little bit later. Um, so we're very, very excited about that. And don't worry, a lot of what we talked to him about was kind of broad, and I'm sure it will still have replayability three months from now, so... Exactly. Um, the other thing is our website will be going live finally in conjunction with the release of that interview. So those are two things to look forward to with the Soccer Brothers podcast. We're back from vacation. We're back on schedule. And we're starting with this Premier League preview. All right. Well, why don't we start from the beginning of the alphabet then. AFC Bournemouth. Uh, Nihal, what do you think about this team? Well, Bournemouth, of course, is coached by Eddie Howe, who was actually tipped to get the English job, potentially, and will probably get the English manager uh, job down the line. Of course, Sam Allardyce uh, is the new English manager. Uh, they play a very attacking and offensive style. They like to have possession, and they like to, they like to be creative, and they like to take the game to the teams. And this, this bites them in the butt a lot. This bit them in the butt a lot last year. The only team that led, conceded more goals than Bournemouth last year was Aston Villa. They did finish 16th, so they did stay up. Um, but you know, 
they they do like to play their style, and I don't think that's going to bode well for them this year. Uh, a great story, if you don't know, they were in League One, the third division of the English uh, the English system, four years ago, just four years ago. Um, so they've they've been doing well to get up to the Premier League. They they brought in some really good players, including Jordan Ibe on a club record fee, Brad Smith, uh, both of those players from Liverpool, Lise Mousset from Bob Bradley's La Havre, uh, who is a, he's a winger. And, um, you know, they've, they've lost some players, Sylvain Distin, the defender, uh, Christian Atsu, who was on loan from Chelsea. So they've, 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 lost those, uh, they've lost those players. They have some injuries at the back line to start the season, uh, so that they're having some trouble back there. Um, Adam Smith, another player they got, uh, is injured. He's a center back from Stoke City. Um, as, or, excuse me, Mark Wilson is injured. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so so they're very ambitious, and I, I don't think that bodes well for them. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bournemouth? Yeah, I just don't know if they've done necessarily enough this season to, you know, try to get near the mid-table of the league. I mean, you know, Jordan Ibe, an okay signing. I mean, he's been inconsistent for Liverpool in the past. I don't, I don't know if there's anyone that you can really rely on except for some of these experienced players that aren't necessarily the most talented. I think the most talented players on this team are, you know, usually younger than the older players, which is, which is okay. Um, a player who I think needs to have a really good season, who was transferred last season from St. Etienne, uh, Max Gradel, mm-hmm. uh, a young a young player, a very pacey player. He didn't have the season that I thought he was going to have last year, as I said on the podcast, and I think that um, uh, he, needs to, he needs to step up his game a little bit because he, he's going to be an important player coming off the bench and maybe starting some games. Yeah, the other player I forgot to mention was Nathan Ake, um, who was playing left-back last year, but it seems as if he will be playing in the midfield this year. Um, but yeah, you know, Jordan Ibe, as you said, a pretty inconsistent player. Hopefully for him and for English fans, he can get some consistency in that he will be in the starting lineup week in and week out. Um, but yeah, as you said, I just don't see the season going very well for them. They do have Callum Wilson, who's a very exciting striker. Um, but I think, I think honestly, uh, why don't we just go into our predictions? I think this is going to be... I think they're going to get relegated this year. Oh. I have them finishing the relegation spots. I think Eddie Howe is going to move on to maybe a bigger job after this year. Um, but yeah, I think other teams in the mid-table area have just gotten better. They've done more in the transfer market. Uh, and I, I think they understand the style that they have to play in order to combat some of the more offensive teams. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really hurting at the back right now. So, um, yeah, I have them finishing in the relegation zone. Yeah, I put them uh, at the bottom end of the relegation battle. I, I don't think they're going to end up being relegated. I think they actually did more than some of the lower teams in the transfer market, which worries me about those other teams. We'll get into that later. And Bournemouth, you know, they had their good moments last year. They had a really good window last year, I thought. Mm-hmm. Which And if they can, you know, get some of the pieces working together, I, th- I think they can definitely avoid relegation this year, and I think they will. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing to say before, like uh, during and about this preview is that obviously the transfer window isn't closed. So, you know, these teams that we're talking about, they could bring in a marquee signing. They can bring in more players, and that might change their chances. Obviously, we can't address that now. Um, So, yeah, let's move on to Arsenal, the second team in the alphabet. Uh, So who have they bought in? They have got Granit Xhaka, the central midfielder, the Swiss central midfielder from Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, Takuma Asano from Hiroshima in the Japanese league, and Rob Holding, a center back from uh, Bolton. 
Um, this is Arsene Wenger's last year in his contract, so this could be his last season in, chi- in charge of Arsenal. And there are some glaring weaknesses in this team, particularly at the back. Per Mertesacker is out until 2017. Gabriel Paulista, the, Bra- the Brazilian center back, is out for six to eight weeks. That's two months of the season that he'll be out. Mesut Ozil is not fit. Olivier Giroud is not fit. Uh, you know, these players just they aren't fit because they, they played in, in, the, uh, in the Euros. Um, so in the preseason, Alexis Sanchez has been playing striker. I don't think that's his best position. Um, also, Danny Welbeck is injured, so they don't have an out-and-out striker. Theo Walcott has been so inconsistent the fa- past few years. And, you know, out- Granit Xhaka is a good signing. He's a very good central midfielder. I still don't think he's a true defensive midfielder, which is someone they need. They have Mohamed Eleni and... Um, Francis Coakland, but I still don't think those guys are up to par to some of the other defensive midfielders and to, to a defensive mid- midfielder that should be playing for Arsenal. Um, you know, Aaron Ramsey will be back to fitness this year, which is a good sign for Arsenal. Um, you know, Alex Iwobi is a nice young player who, who might break into the team this year. Um, I mean, and obviously Petrček is rock solid at the back. And, you know, maybe Gideon Zalala. You know, we didn't talk with, about it with Bournemouth. They, they also got Emerson Hindman, actually. Um, forgot to mention that. Yeah, they did. Uh, he's injured right now, so he's not really part of the team. Um, but I, I just don't see it going well unless they sign someone like Lacazette, if that's really who they're going to go for. Uh, I, I just think they need another striker. You know, even if you think Olivier Giroud is good enough, which I don't, they need a backup option. Alexis Sanchez is not a striker. Theo Walcott's not a striker. Danny Welbeck is a very inconsistent player. What are your thoughts, Sahil? Well, you know, just to start off as, as you were talking about, you know, this is Arsene Wenger's last year on his contract, and I think he, he's made the Champions League so many years in a row for Arsenal. I think basically what this means is that he's not going to get re-signed unless he wins the league. So, and I, and I don't know if that's a realistic goal for Arsenal. There's just too many injuries and too many unfit players, and you can't, you can't really make up for that. I mean, every game is just as important in the Premier League. So, um, as you said, I think Alexis Sanchez is not the best at striker, and I think, you know, necessarily, even if he is playing underneath the striker, beside the striker, I, I don't know if he's the best pairing with Olivier Giroud, actually. I, I don't... They did have their moments last year together, but I feel like both of them playing well together at the same time it just isn't going to happen as much as I think if it would if, you know, Alexandre Lacazette was up top yeah. there. And I, I think Lacazette could be a good player because he's a player who can drift out wide. He's a player who fits more... With Arsene Wenger's style, I think. Um, I mean, Giroud is a good player. You know, it's hard. It's hard to argue against his track record, but I don't. You know, I just don't see it happening uh, this year. Of course, Mesut Ozil is, a, is an absolutely class player, always at the top of the charts with assists. Um, and Alexis Sanchez can make stuff happen. So obviously, they're always going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, but with that, where do you have them finishing, Sahil? I have them finishing in Champions League spots, and I, I'm just going to be pretty specific about this one. I have them finishing fourth. Again? Uh, well, they finished second last year. They finished so. second last year. Did I predict them to be fourth last year? No, I don't know. That's just Oh, the just again. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Their favorite different. spot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't think they're going to get automatic CL group stage for 17-18. Yeah, I actually have them finishing in the Europa League spots. I just do not have confidence in that defense right now. In the preseason, Callum Chambers, who is an iffy center back, and Rob Holding, who's coming from the championship, have been playing. Have been the center back pairing of choice. Uh, Paramedic Sacker is injured. Gabriel Paulista is injured. Kostiani is uh, not fit from the Euros. 
And I just think the points they lose with the center back pairing of Holding and Chambers, those points are going to be too much to overcome. So that's why I have them finishing in the Europa League spots. Albeit at the top, I think they will challenge for Champions League because they do have some of the best talent in the league. I just don't see it happening. I think it's going to be too much. Um, and I think next year, Arsenal will bring in a top, top class manager. Not that Arsene Wenger isn't. And uh, have them rebuild the squad. And uh, I think the board will finally shell out some money then. But they, if they want to make a Champions League, if they want to be a league title contender... They really, really need to sign some players. Because everyone around them is getting better. It's true. I I think that, you know, even with the injuries, you know, and, and the players not being fit, Arsenal is a fairly deep team. And I think that, you know, this rough patch at the beginning of the year that we both anticipate can be offset by maybe some injuries for teams like Spurs and Liverpool. Uh, who I'm guessing you have in you know one of those two in the Champions League, so I think that those teams are more vulnerable to their whole team being weakened if if like say Spurs lose a player like Dele Ali or something like that, then you know they, they're crippled just in that one spot. I think Arsenal has a little bit more depth than those teams, and if if the other teams you know don't st- do stay healthy, then yeah, I, I agree with you. They could edge at Ar- edge at Arsenal. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move on to Burnley, the third team we are going to be talking about, led by head coach Sean Dyche, another English manager. Um, some A big loss they had was Joey Barton going to Rangers, the heart and soul of that team. Um, they've brought in Johan Berg-Gunmundsen, the, the Icelandic winger who played in the Euros. Uh, Stephen DeFore, a very good central midfielder from Anderlecht. I don't know if you remember watching him play. Um, and Joe Flanagan, a fullback from Liverpool. So some decent signings there. They have strikers Andre Gray, who scored 23, who has scored 23 goals in 41 appearances for Burnley. Uh, he was a championship player of the year. And Sam Vokes, remember the Welshman, or the Welshman who scored in the Euros up top. Uh, and they have uh, Jones and Maroney in the midfield. And, they, and for, in order for them to ex- succeed, in order for... Um, Burnley to succeed, they really need to, those two, the two central midfielders, really need to pick up the slack of Joey Barton being gone. Um, they, of course, have George Boyd on the wing. Good Munson is probably going to start on the wing. And then the Canadian, Scott Arfield, um, who's more of a central midfielder slash outside midfielder. They do like to play a straight-up 4-4-2. Uh, and, you know, you, you can't really blame them with the strikers they have. Um, the problem for me is their depth uh, and... You know, I just I just don't see it happening. I have them being relegated. Yeah, I have them be- being relegated, too. Uh, when I look at the squad and this roster, you know, I see, you know, a few players who have bounced around England and, and are decent players, but I just think that Burnley doesn't have the talent or, you know, to go through. Like you said, you know, Sam Vokes has some talent up top, and he could score a few goals, but I just see this team not winning the possession battle in really any match. It's just a weak midfield overall, yeah. and I think that's going to be their downfall. Well, I think I think Stephen DeFore is one to watch, absolutely. Um, I don't know when he'll get his debut, but I think I think he's definitely a player who can control the midfield. Um, but I, I just don't think it's going to be enough. Uh, I'm a big believer in Andre Gray. Um, I like Sean Dyche, but I just don't think... I just don't think it's going to happen for them. All right, why don't we move on to Chelsea? Yep, Chelsea. All right. 
So Chelsea, of course, hired manager Antonio Conte, um, the coach of Italy, uh, throughout through the 2016 Euros and for the last two years, um, who did a magnificent job with them. Some big signings they have made are Angolo Conte, Michi Bashuai, the striker, the Belgian striker. Um, and I just think, I, I, you know, I'm a big believer of this team. I'm a big believer in, uh, in Antonio Conte. I think, uh, and, and as well as Angolo Conte, I think Angolo Conte is going to come into that central midfielder, uh, central midfield role in Bossett. He and Matic are going to be impossible to get around, in my opinion. Uh, and then they have some creative players like Oscar, uh, Willian, uh, Hazard. They're getting Victor Moses back from loan. They have Pedro. Uh, Cesc Fabregas does he even get into this team. I mean, just, they have so much talent. It's, it's so exciting. they got a good defense. Uh, and Ivanovic, who's a little suspect. Uh, John Terry... Uh, Gary Cahill and Cesar Azpilicueta. Um And then, of course, Courtois, a great goalkeeper. And then Diego Costa up top. Let's not forget about him. He's still a class striker. They're after Romelu Lukaku. If they can get him, that's even more depth and another great striker. And I'm sure they aren't done in the transfer window. I think they'll get a player like Benucci or Koulibaly they've been linked with, um, as well as some others. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of formation Conte plays, whether it's a sort of a 4-2-4 uh, with two strikers, a 4-3-3. Uh, I don't think he's going to play three in the back, but that's something obviously he's capable of doing and something he did with Juventus and with Italy. Um, so, uh, you know, he's a very versatile manager. He's a very apt manager. I think he can get the best out of these players. I think something that he does very, very well is fosters individuality amongst players and brings out the best in those individual players. We saw it in the Euros with players like Florenzi, with players like Graziano Pelle. I mean, I think... Uh, players who I never thought would look good otherwise. Right. Like Jack Arini looked like amazing in that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think this is going to be Eden Hazard's comeback season, and he's absolutely going to boss the league. And I have them finishing... Top of the league. Champions. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I totally agree with you in that Antonio Conte is, is, can be in the right manager for the job. And to your, to your question about what formation is he going to play, I don't think Chelsea are going to play the same formation uh, every week. Or I don't think they're going to have that much of a standard formation. Because, we, you know, we've seen in the preseason them playing four in the back. But, I mean, also I think this team has center back depth to play three in the back. So, you know, and they have lots of different midfield options to choose from, you know, attacking midfielders, defensive midfielders, players who can play different roles in the midfield, mm -hmm. like Cesc Fabregas and Conte, yeah. and um, not Antonio Conte. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Oscar can play underneath the striker, right, yeah. he can play out wide, Hazard can do the same thing, William can do the same thing. I mean... Like, Pedro can even play striker. Exactly. They, they have tons of options there. And I do think Eden Hazard... I think part, you know, part of the reason that he wasn't as strong last year is just because of the toxic environment that was thrust onto him and all the players. Jose Mourinho, you know, when it's working, it's going to be really good. But I, I actually think that a lot of what he said and the way he handled the tough times only made it worse. So I, I think a lot of it was coaching, actually, that, that led to their downfall. Absolutely. And I, I think Eden Hazard will be getting back to a true attacking player, and he will just do really well. So where do you have them finishing? I have them finishing third and in the in the Champions League spots. Um, you know, they have a strong team. I just think that, you know, the top two are a little bit stronger. Okay, that's fair. I, I think I will say of all the new coaches in the Prem, like absolutely, Jose Mourinho doesn't really count. 
of all the new coaches in the Prem, I think Conte's style uh, is most compatible, at least from the bat, with the Premier League. And, yeah, I, th- and yeah. I think Conte's flexibility is really useful. You know, we've seen pl- managers like Roberto Martinez fail because they have no plan B. Conte has a plan B. We've seen it with Juve. We've seen it with Italy. So when it comes to November, December, January, when there's no winter break, when players are injured, I think he has that flexibility. I can, I, you know, I can already see Chelsea going up 1-0 in the 60th minute and then him bringing on extra center back and them just holding on yeah. uh, for their life and winning 1-0. I mean, he, he did it all the time with Juventus. Uh, matched up against superior opposition in the Champions League when they're a bit weaker and still managed yeah. to win games. And that that's what he does. He just wins games. And uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I would say third anymore. But that's why we created this whole system. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you haven't finished in the Champions League. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get excited about United and City, who I assume you have ahead of them um, as we get there. All right, Crystal Palace, the next team in line, coached by Alan Pardew, the always entertaining Alan Pardew. Um, they have gotten Steven Mandanda, the, the French number two, um, a very, very good goalkeeper. Um, they've got James Tompkins from West Ham, um, Andros Townsend from Newcastle, the pacey winger, maybe Christian Benteke, that's who they're linked with. And, of course, Yannick Bellassi, still part of the club. Alan Pardew says no deal will be done before the weekend but it looks like he is on his way to Everton Football Club, so it could be a big loss for them. Uh, they do like to play a 4-5-1 um, with, I mean, I don't know who's going to play up top with them. Uh, Connor Wickham is really one of the only strikers, very inconsistent, of course, the former Sunderland striker. Uh, they do have some quality in the midfield. Uh, Joe Ledley, uh, Johan Kabai, uh, Jason Punchin, Yedinak. Um, and then, of course, on the wings, they have players like Wilfred Zaha and now Andros Townsend, Yannick Bellassi, if they somehow keep up to them. The, the piece that's missing is the striker. So if they can get Benteke, I think they'll do really, really well. If they don't, if this is how the team stays, I have them finishing mid-table, towards the bottom of the mid-table area. Okay. Yeah, I, I have worse thoughts about Crystal Palace. Okay. I, I think they have some isolated talent. And even if they get Benteke... I feel like Andros Townsend and Wilfred Zaha aren't really players that will complement him that well. Um, that's just my opinion. But, I mean, Benteke, you know, more or less is a target man, and I, I'm not sure those players are the right players for him. And if they don't, I have to just I think they're, they're they're definitely guaranteed to be in a relegation battle because I do not trust Connor Wickham um, leading the front lines really for any team. So uh, there's that. You know, like you said, they do have some quality in the midfield with Punchin and Kabai. Um, but I, I think I think they're going to actually struggle with goals. I don't think it's chances. I think it's going to be goals, especially if Connor Wickham uh, is the striker. But yeah, I have them finishing really lower mid lower relegation battle. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think Crystal Palace is a team that tends to overperform against good teams, um, and I also think they're very organized at the back, especially under Alan Pardew. And you know they have a magnificent center back in Scott Dan. I just see them, you know, I, I see them towards the bottom of the mid-table. I know it's broad 9 through 14, or that's how we said it. I see them finishing at the bottom of that area, and I think maybe they could fall into that relegation fight. And, you know, the, rele- the relegation fight could be the bottom seven this year, since it's, it seems like the Premier League will be top-heavy. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But let's go on to the next club. 
Next club would be Everton, Nihal's favorite club. My favorite club, and oh, am I excited, not really, about the season. Um, of course, the biggest addition to this team is Ronald Koeman, the manager, taking over for Roberto Martinez, who is somehow Belgian manager? Belgian manager? We, I guess we haven't really talked about oh, yeah. that, but <laughs> that's crazy to me. Um, anyway, so far, they've got brought in Martin Stecklenburg, the Fulham goalkeeper, um, Ashley Williams, the deal happened today, um, and uh, Idrissa Gay- Ganagai, um, who is a defensive midfielder from Aston Villa, got him on the cheap. Very, very good player, in my opinion. Um, he'll, he'll slot into that defensive midfield role, um, and he will do wonders, I think, for this team, because James McCarthy hasn't been up to snuff. We've also been uh, linked with uh, Lamina Kone from Sunderland, and Yannick Bellassi, as I just said, from Crystal Palace, as well as how many other players this window? Like Juan, like ridiculous players, like Juan Mata, Axel Witzel, Koulibaly. None of that's going to happen, most likely. Um, but, you know, it, it is exciting times for Everton because uh, we're about to build a new stadium. Uh, we have a new investor uh, who's, who's apparently forking over billions of dollars. Um, looks like we're going to hold on to Romelu Lukaku. We'll have to wait and see. Of course, John Stones is a big loss for uh, for Everton this year to off to Manchester City. They've lost some other veteran players who who could be big losses. Tony Hibbert, Leon Rosman, Stephen Pienaar. If not, if anything, it's just because of their their presence in the locker room. Those 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 guys are true uh, Evertonians. Um, Ronald Koeman, a manager who knows his game and he know he's a very another very flexible manager in the in against United in the testimonial we've seen uh three in the back we've seen Gerard De La Feu going back to striker which he played in the his Barcelona B days another very good player but mostly a winger uh Kevin Morales coming back into the fold youngsters like Tom Davies a, a very exciting youngster uh Kieran Dowell Mason Holgate um just some great Everton well Mason, Mason Holgate we bought from from uh, Barnsley like we did John Stones um, but some, some youngsters he's bringing into the squad. And I think it's going to take a season. I don't think Everton are going to be very successful this season just because, you know, Kuman has said we're only 70% fit. He wanted the players back earlier, but under Martinez's reign, they came back later. We didn't really know how to defend last year. We couldn't defend set pieces. Um, and we just don't really have the players outside of our uh, outside of our starting 11. We don't have a backup striker. Right now, it's still Aruna Kone. Um Back our first winger off the bench is Aaron Lennon. I just don't think we have the options, so I have us finishing smack dab in. Well, actually, I have not finishing the Europa League, but eighth really, so mid table, okay. bottom or top Europa League. Uh, yeah, I mean, or bottom I, Europa League. I think Everton are going to look a lot better than than uh, last season. I think Adrisa Guy is a wonderful signing because he allows um, you know players your full your great fullbacks like Baines and Coleman to get up the field and not be so suspect on the counterattack mm-hmm. and not have them stuck up field because he's a guy who can win those last ditch challenges right when the counterattack is about to happen for the other game he can turn it right back yeah. uh, to Everton's attack now um, you know they they've got a, they've got some talented players um, Ross Barkley is a player mm-hmm. who I think was so key to Everton's success in 2013-2014, who just hasn't really shown up since, and I think that he not only uh, is very talented, but he's kind of like the heart of Everton, you know. Uh, very... he's, a, he's an Evertonian through and, th- uh, through and through. He's a Liverpool lad. He grew up with the team, um, you know, so yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, if Barkley gets into a hot start, 
the fans are into it, and I think it is important for Goodison Park to to be vibrant because it's it's just it's, it's just been a depressing. toxic environment yeah. for the past two years really, and that's why I think it's going to take time, and I think Evertonians know that they recognize that you know Ronald Koeman and Farhad Moshiri and Steve Walsh, the Leicester City head of recruitment now, Everton's director of football, they'll find these players, they'll bring them in. And what we need to do is we need to have success and start to attract some of these top players. Where do you have them finishing? Uh, I have them finishing upper mid-table, ninth specifically. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think they need to hold on to Romelu Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was... I don't... He's, he did... It shows you a lot when Lukaku was like the second or third score in the Premier League and you guys finished 11th. Like right. imagine if he wasn't there. No, exactly. And that's the thing. <laughs> a lot of people criticize his game, but he scores goals. And he scores goals in a very he scored goals in a crappy system with a crappy manager, so I'm, I'm excited about the future. But you know, enough about Everton. I have enough time to talk about them. They have Tottenham coming up first. I don't see them winning that game or even getting any points out of it. Oh, uh, you never know. I guess you do never know. <laughs> All right, our next club is going to be Hull City. Hull City, the team with 13 fit senior players coming into the season, sold their best player, Mo Diame, to Newcastle, an English championship side. Their manager, Steve Bruce, stepped down before the season uh, unexpectedly. I mean, 13 fit senior players. This team is bound for relegation. They're not only bound for relegation, they're bound to finish in last place in the league. (laughs) And I think, I I just don't, don't see any other way around it. They have some okay players. They have Tom Huddlestone. Um, they have Abel Hernandez, you know, the Uruguayan striker, the player used to love in FIFA back in the day, up top. Um, El Mohamedi, a, a decent, uh, decent right back. But they have Jake Livermore playing center back, uh, who's a midfielder, because they have no options. 13 fit senior players. They have no players. They haven't brought anyone in. Um, their manager, Steve, uh, uh, Mike Phelan, is, is taking over. But, yeah, I just don't see it happening. I think they're going right back down. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. I don't... I don't know what kind of hope you can have for this team. It seems like they're already uh, getting ready to start changing the banners and their description on Twitter to championship side. I don't even know what they're doing. I don't, I don't know why... I, can't you be a little bit in debt if you're going to make it back by staying in the Premier League? Why don't you get players? Yeah. That's just what I'm asking. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's just such a, it's a team in shambles. We won't spend too much time on them, but I think they're going down. If they don't, it'll be a great season for them. Maybe they can rebuild. There's still time for them to bring in players. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Up next, Leicester City, a team who you predicted to finish last last season. Yeah, so <laughs> Hull City winning the league confirmed. <laughs> Uh, maybe I should predict Everton to finish last. Uh, okay, so Leicester City, of course, the big loss, the heart and soul of their team, and Golo Kante. Um, you know, it, the team, we've got a little bit of a sense of what they're going to do uh, against Manchester United in the Community Shield. That's a competitive match. They, of course, lost that match. They have, they are, so far, they've uh, held on to Riyad Mahrez and uh, Jamie Vardy. Uh, they brought in uh, Amen Musa, the striker from Seska Moscow. Luis Hernandez, the center back from Sporting Gijon. Napolis Mendy, a defensive midfielder from Nice. Uh, Kapuchka, a winger, a Polish winger. Um, so I see, you know, I don't see them having similar success. I, I think Angolo Kante is pretty irre- irreplaceable. 
I think he's one of a kind in this league. I think maybe the only other player who can do that, his, that thing is a Idrisa guy. Maybe. <laughs> I hope. Um, but, yeah, I just I just don't see it happening. I think... Uh, I mean, I hope it does, but I, I think it's going to just be too hard with the Champions League as well. And I think that's the main thing. They're going to be spread too thin. They, ha- they do have a little bit of depth, but I just don't think it's enough. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you kind of feel heartless to say that they're going to finish mid-table, you know. But I, I don't have them actually finishing mid-table. I have them finishing in the Europa League spot. I have them finishing the Europa League spot, too. I have them okay. finishing, like, around 7th or 8th. Yeah. So, so I think I think they're still a good team. I think Claudio Ranieri has a system. Hopefully they abide by it. Um, but it's just, it's, I think it's just going to be too tough bouncing in between the Champions League and the Premier League. One, we, uh, the draw obviously hasn't come out, but... They should have a favorable draw because they are a champion, so I, I believe that means they'll be in pot one. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. So, but also, you know, they're obviously not a super a team with a bunch of quality, so they might get out early, which might be good for them. Um, but I mean, Ahmed Musa and exciting. Hopefully, team. they don't finish third because then they, you know, they go to the Europa League. I mean, that could you know cause pain. Yeah, but I think at that point they don't really. They don't try. Well, actually, no, because you if you win the Europa League, they can get a yeah. Champions League spot. I think they could win the Europa I think League. they could win the Europa League, too. Um, but, yeah, so we both have them finishing in the Europa League spots for next season. Yeah, I think Musa, you know, Vardy's never had as good of a, strike, a striking partner um, as but, Musa. But, but Okazaki did a job last year. Yeah. He pressed. He flicked on headers. He scored bicycle kicks. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's true. And I think Musa is a guy who's going to maybe take a few goals away from Vardy, but, you know, also score a few goals. And I think, as you said before, N'Golo Conte was just a huge, huge loss. But I don't don't know. Have you mentioned Riyad Mahrez yet? I mean, not really. But, I I mean, he's still fantastic. And, you know, they did lose Conte. They have brought in Mendy, who's a defensive midfielder, but not as good as Conte, in my opinion. They lost Steve Walsh, the head of recruitment, which is a big loss for them. But, you know, they, I think up top is where they do have options. They have uh, Musa, Vardy, Ujoa, who's still a very good player, and Okazaki uh, when they're all fit. So they do have options. And as you said, Musa a completely is more of a Vardy-like player than the other two players, uh, Ujoa and uh, Okazaki. He's a pacey player. Uh, he's played a little bit of winger in his day. So, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, so we both agree they're going to finish towards the bottom part of the Europa League. Let's move yep. on to Liverpool. Yep, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. The uh, Merseyside team has brought in some players like Lorius Karius, the goalkeeper from the Bundesliga, tipped to be the starter, but he got injured, so Simon Mignole will probably be the starter. Joel Matip, um, a defensive uh, a defender from also from the Bundesliga. Um, Giorgio Wijnaldum uh, from Newcastle. And Sadio Mane for very, from Southampton. And um, a couple of other players, not really important players. Uh, they haven't lost too much. They've lost a lot of academy players like Flanagan, like I. But I, I don't think they've lost too much. Uh, Sturridge, of course, is still injured. They still have quality in Roberto Firmino. Uh, Felipe Coutinho, who's a fantastic player. Uh, Adam Alalana, James Milner, Jordan Henderson. Um, I think the problem they do have is at the back. Alberto Moreno is not someone I'm a huge fan of. Dejan Lovren is not someone I'm a huge fan of. Um, but uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I have him finishing in the, in the Champions League. I have him finishing fourth. And I, it kills the Everton in me to say that. 
Um, but I think Jurgen Klopp has this team now by the scruff of his neck. I think he brought in the players he liked, like Sadio Mane. I mean, that's a perfect player. That's someone he wanted at Borussia Dortmund. It's someone who, who will play that gegenpress, press, that counter-press style. Who, it's a, he's a player who can win the ball upfield, break, the counter attack, break on the counter-attack, and score or feed it to a player like Sturridge. Um, I think they're going to bring in more players as uh, we get closer to the end of the transfer window. Um, they also brought Klavan, who's a defender. I forgot to mention him. I think he came from Augsburg. Um, so he, I, I have him finishing fourth. I have him finishing in the Champions League spots. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I do agree that they've upgraded some spots and that Jurgen Klopp having a preseason and not coming in the middle of the season is just such a huge help. And he, he's a great manager and I think he's going to have a plan. I just think they are, like, like you said, a bit suspect on defense and really their midfield. They don't have a lot of out and out defensive midfielders. On their team, which I think is going to be a hurt, and well, uh, Joao Matip can play up there, and Emery Sean, I think, might have a little bit of a breakout season at that defensive midfield spot. Sorry, don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, and I, I think that Daniel Sturridge not starting off some of the season could be detrimental, but you know, we'll see. I, I, Liverpool is going to be a solid team this year. I think they're going to make great strides, and I th- but I think the year after is where they're really going to click yeah. through, and I hope. I really hope, even if they don't finish in the Champions League, they hold on to Jurgen Klopp. Well, I, I think they will. They yeah. sound like a five-year, six-year deal with All him. Right. Um, I just think, you know, Moreno and Klein... I mean, Klein's a good fullback, but Moreno, not great. But they do provide that attacking option, which is needed in the Gagan Press system. And I think Felipe Coutinho is just a quality, quality player. Uh, so, we'll see. I have him finishing fourth. And then my final team that I profiled, I got the first ten, Sahil got the last ten... It's Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. Players they brought in, John Stones from Everton, Gabriel Jesus from Palmeiras. Palmeiras. Uh, he is on, he's going back on loan to them, I believe. Ilkay Gundogan from Borussia Dortmund, uh, Nolito, um, and Leroy Sané from Schalke. So some, they've been very, very active in the transfer window. Um, Pep will probably play that 4-2-3-1 or that 4-3-3 style he likes to play. Um, the possession style, the short passing to try to open lanes. Uh, he's got quality already there with Kevin De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero up top. David Silva, of course. Um, you know, at the back, he got John Stones, who's a defender who likes to pass. Joe Hart, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, I'm sure they'll bring in a goalkeeper. They've been linked to Mark andre Terstegen this week. So if that happens, Joe Hart's probably getting relegated to the bench or is going to move on from the team. Um... I think uh, their fullbacks, Bakri Sanya, and either Gael Klichy or Kolarov, uh, will have to learn the system. They'll have to come in. They'll have to uh, be more central players in terms of the midfield and, and sort of help the attack. Um, but I think I have this team finishing in the Champions League spot in the top two or three. Uh, I think it's sort of a toss-up. I think they're obviously league contenders right from the get-go. Uh, this is a manager that City Football Group have wanted from the beginning. Um, it's a manager, one of the best in the world. Um, another player who I think is going to be very, very key to this team is Fernandinho. I think he's going to play a little bit of center back this year, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, 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 what do you think about this team? I think this team with Pep Guardiola has what it takes to win the league. And I think they will. Um, Nolito was a great signing. You know, he performed for so long in La Liga. And he, he is a player that can take a little bit of pressure off Sterling. 
and, you know, can do the job. And I think Raheem Sterling is a player who's going to pan out this year. Uh, you know, he had a bit of a disappointing season last season, especially compared to what he did at Liverpool the year before. But I, I, I really think that if Aguero stays fit and, you know, everyone's going to get acquainted into the system that, that Pep Guardiola likes to play, um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne can play a little bit better. I, I think this team has what it takes to, uh, you know, win the league. They're going to have to balance uh, the Premier League with the, the other three competitions that they're in, but I, I think they have what it takes, and I think the manager is the main, the main point of that. And David Silva is a player who has been deployed in so many positions at this club, um, attacking mid, outside midfielder, uh, is holding midfielder, and I think that uh, he can adjust to different situations and Pep can play him in different positions that can allow City to succeed. So, you have them winning the league? I have them winning the league. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Your profiles, and I believe the first team is the other Manchester club, Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, Jose Mourinho was appointed as manager after Louis van Gaal was relieved of his duties. And um, I expect him to run a 4-2-3-1 with new signing Ibrahimovic leading the front line. Rooney <laughs> playing underneath him. And Matan Martial can man the wings. Depay, if he can... If he can play well, then he could possibly take Martial's spot. Martial's a great season last year. What about Mkhitaryan? Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think Juan Mata starts for this team. Yeah, actually, not not now that you say it, I think Enrique Mkhitaryan would play uh, yeah. in that outside spot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, Juan Mata will be a good player for depth, I guess. And you know, Herrera and Fellaini, I think I expect to play underneath him. Actually. I mean, they have played. They have Michael Carrick. They have Pogba. Yeah, they have Pogba. Actually, okay, this team is. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm forgetting about some of the. So, some well, of Herrera. Them. I don't think Herrera. I think Fellaini is a is a very uh, Mourinho player. Yeah. Um. Herrera, I don't see playing. Yeah, I think you have to start Paul Pogba. Well, I mean, Herrera will play. He'll get time. I think Schneiderlin might. Uh, Schneiderlin's a more of a defensive player. Herrera is a is a crafty player, so we'll see. But I think Paul Pogba. And uh, Michael Carrick will be the two holding midfielders. But Pogba is a very four-three-three midfielder, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he likes to get four. He's not a defensive midfielder. Uh, so he's also not attacking midfielder, really, to me. So you know, we'll, we'll see how successful he is. I don't know if he's. I don't think that he's going to be the most successful signing. Actually, I think he's going to be the third most successful signing uh, for United after Ibrahimovic and McTarian. I think another really. Successful signing that's going to pan out is Eric Bailly, the center back from Villarreal. Uh, he's going to go right into the starting lineup, and then he'll be there with Chris Smalling. I think those two will be the center backs. Luke Shaw is also coming back. Um, Antonio Valencia, probably going to play right back. I think they need to bring a right back in just to sure up that spot. Um, I think their defense looks great outside from right back, and of course they have David De Gea. Uh, this team's going to do very, very well, and I think it's I think it's honestly a three-horse race for first place, Chelsea, United, and City. Um, maybe there's a surprise team there, um, but I have United finishing the Champions League spot, uh, Champions League spots, but I have them, I think they're going to finish below Chelsea and City. Okay, that's a fair prediction. I think also part of the reason that people are predicting United to finish high is that they didn't really lose anyone. Um, you know, Giannis... No one important. Huh? No one important. Yeah, they didn't lose... No, actually, I mean, really, it's, yeah. it's hard to find players that, that they lost at all. Um, there was Yanazai, who's who's on loan to Sunderland now, and then Patty McNair. Yeah, Patty McNair, Nick Powell, just 
really players that never really made any appearances for United in the Premier League. So um, I think that's one of the reasons that they're going to be a successful team. Yeah, Marcus Rashford, another very, very good young player. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what Wayne Rooney's role is going to be with this team. Um, is he going to play underneath the striker? Is he going to play striker? I don't think he's going to play in the midfield. I don't know what Juan Mata's role with the, with this team is. If he can get along with Mourinho, if he'll be there. So I have my doubts, which is why I have him finishing below Chelsea and City, but they could easily win the league this year. Yeah. All right, moving on to Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Brad Guzan's club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's good room to say in the Premier League. We'll see. Maybe he'll yeah. get some important minutes in some cup games. Uh, but yeah, Middlesbrough is coached by Aitor Karanka. He's been the manager since 2013. Uh, even when they're in the championship, and he's, he's done a pretty good job with the team, getting them back into the Premier League. Uh, some important signings that they've made uh, is Al- Alvaro Negredo. He's on loan from Valencia now. Victor Fisher, uh, a really good young player from Ajax. He's, he's one of my favorites. And Martin De Roon, a midfielder from Atalanta, who's very solid in Serie A last year. And Gaston Ramirez, the Uruguayan midfielder. Uh, is also coming to Middlesbrough. And they're a team that I think has a lot of talent. If he can figure it out, I expect a 4-2-3-1. Um, And I I think that Negredo is a player who's been proven. He scored goals in the Premier League before. And I think that they they have the talent. They just have to figure it out. And I think they they can definitely stay away from relegation thoughts. Yeah, and I think uh, another huge, massive signing for them is Victor Valdez in goal. And, of course, Brad Guzan is there to back him up. Uh, yeah, I really like this team. I really, really do. Um, and I think uh, Negredo is going to do well. I'm a big fan of Stuart Downing. Um, I think he's sort of got his career back on track. Uh, Gaston Ramirez is obviously a crafty player. And Victor Fisher, I think, is going to be a great player in, in world football. Um, I have him finishing in the mid-table area, towards the bottom of the mid-table. Yeah, I have them. Yeah, I just have them in the middle of the mid-table, I guess. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next team. The next team that we have is Southampton. Uh, so Southampton, Claude Puel. Can you, can you pronounce that? Sorry, it's French, so I'll let you. It's just Claude Puel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I've said French names and you felt the need to correct me, so I don't. I didn't want to. Uh, I don't know French that well. <laughs> you act like you do. No, I don't. <laughs> Um, so he replaces Ronald Koeman, who's obviously on his way to Everton, and, um, we can expect a 4-4-2 diamond, which is what they've been doing, uh, in preseason. Nathan Redmond and Shane Long are leading the front lines, it looks like, and Hoiberg, who's a brilliant signing, who came from Bayern, um, I think that's gonna be one of the best signings in the Premier League this year, is on his way to, or not on his way, he's, he's on Southampton now. Um, you know, they did lose Sadio Mane to Liverpool, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was a club record departure, if, I, if I'm not wrong. And they did lose Wanayama as well. And I think that some of their signings are more uh, attacking-minded, but I think that may be what, uh, playing to their strengths, and I think they, I think they can do a decent yeah. job finishing the table. Yeah, and I, I think you said Nathan Redmond has been playing up top, which is interesting. Um, you know, they have Shane Long there. They also have uh, Charlie Austin and Jay Rodriguez who can do a job up top. Uh, Puel likes to play that, that diamond formation. Um, and, uh, you know, Stephen Davis and James Ward-Prowse are two players that, that can be very good in the central midfield. Ward-Prowse, a player I really, really like. Dusan Tadic, a very good player. You know who he was tied with with assists last year? Mesut Ozil. 
a player who's sort of under the radar, but who does yeah. a great job feeding the ball in. And like you said, Hoiberg's a great player. Um, Jordi Classy's a good player. I think it'll take a, and Forrester at the back and goal and the goalkeeper. He's a very good goalkeeper. And Virgil Van Dyke, the signing from last year who came from Celtic, did an immense job under Ronald Koeman's team. I just think it might be it might take a year for them to figure it out. And uh, I think after this year they can maybe press for the Europa League spots again. But I have them finishing mid table this year. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. Graziano Pelle went to China right. uh, during this window. Oh, and... what club is that? Never heard of that club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading the headlines. No, no, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, if China keeps doing it, you know, you know they, they may start to be taken more seriously. I mean, they've got some players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I personally don't know any club names off the top of my head, but... Um, isn't there like Shenhua, Shanghai, or something? Shenhua. That sounds familiar. I'm sure there's a Beijing. There, there's something dragons, or I don't know. They have some <laughs> Gangzhou dragons or something. I don't we'll, know. We'll we'll have to, uh, you know, maybe we'll start covering China on the podcast. I don't think so. Well, maybe. Yeah. maybe. We'll, we'll have to discuss it in our meetings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to the next team. All right, Stoke City. Uh, you know they're. They're a team that's coached by Mark Hughes, who, you know, have always been kind of a mid-table team. They've never really been able to break into those Europa League spots in the past few years. But um, I think they have a pretty threatening attacking midfield here. Uh, they've got Joe Allen and Bohan, who can both play in that number 10 role. And they've got Arnautovic and Shakiri as their starting wingers. I think Shakiri, this is his year to get back on track. He's never really been the same as he was when he was with Bayern. And I think, you know, Inter Milan, he was disappointing. And I think this is the year he's going to get back on track. And, um... Yeah, they've got a very good defense, too. Uh, Joe Allen, another really good signing for them. I think he's a great passer of the ball. Uh, they have a deep team in midfield, for sure. I mean, Arnautovic, Boyan, and Shakiri that's a great uh, attacking midfield. Up top, they have Mame Diouf. Uh, you know, I don't know. He's, he's not someone who I think you can rely on goals for. Peter Crouch has done it for a long time, but, you know, not that great. Jonathan Walters, of course, the Ireland International, another guy who can play up top. And, of course, Jeff Cameron, who can really play anywhere along the back line, can play in defensive midfield. So a deep team, I don't, you know, not only have they been finishing mid-table for the past few years, they've finished ninth three years in a row. Um, so I have them finishing mid-table again. I just don't think they have enough up top uh, to push into those top spots. I mean, you know, you look at the teams that could potentially be ahead of them. Of course, you have, like, Chelsea, City, United, Liverpool, Arsenal, teams like Spurs, Leicester, West Ham, maybe Everton, maybe Southampton. Um, it's, I think it's going to be tough for them to, to uh, push forward this year. And a couple of injuries, and they could just be in shambles. Yeah. Wait, where do you have them? I have them finishing mid-table. Yeah, I have them finishing mid-table, too. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think that definitely the best part of this team is that attacking midfield, and if, if, if they're if they're doing well, then I think this team is doing well. And in defense, I really don't see them surprising me though in finishing in Europa League. Fair enough. All right, moving on, we've got Sunderland, a team who has just been avoiding relegation these past few years. How have they done it? Who who would have thought Newcastle would get relegated before Sunderland? <laughs> I have no <laughs> This team has gotten. Well, I. Oh my god, and they said it was Josie Altador. It's not. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> Josie. A problem with this Although, club. Jermaine Defoe has been scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. And they're a big, that's a big reason why they stayed up last year. You know, it was the grooming in MLS that really made him as successful as he is. 
No. Who? Oh, Defoe. Defoe, yeah. <laughs> it was that stint to Toronto that really fixed yeah. it. Oh, you did well. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think it's better for the league now that Giovinco's there. Right. Anyway, better for both players, right? right. Yeah. Uh, so David Moyes is appointed as the manager. Uh, he was appointed over the summer, and you know we're both expecting a four-five-one for this team. Uh, they haven't made too many big signings. Uh, Poppy Simone, I don't want to try to pronounce his last name, uh, came from Chelsea. Right? Is that? Are you sure? Yeah. I've I've heard it. I, I don't know. I've heard it a couple of different ways, but okay. uh, he he came from around t- for around ten million, and I think uh, once this team you know gets everything sorted out, he's going to be starting at center back, and he's a pretty solid center back, yeah. tall. Uh, he did a good job in Liga before he came to Chelsea, and never really got minutes there. Yeah. But um, I, th- I think he'll do a, a good job. Most of their transfers, or, or not their transfers, their departures were players who were on loan previously who yeah. aren't anymore, like Stephen Fletcher and Emmanuel Jacarini. Um, and a couple of them, like DeAndre Yedlin and Jan Mvia, could be on yeah. their way back to the club. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, I, I think a little bit of pace on the wings could really do well for this for this team. What do you yeah. think Sunderland's going to do? Um, I think they're going to be in a relegation battle like they always are, but I trust David Moyes. I think he's a great manager. I don't think they have too much quality right now, but I think, especially if they lose a player like Lamine Kone in defense, who was fantastic for them last year um, in the six months he was there, uh, I, I think it's going to be tough for them. Jordan Pickford, I think, could maybe break into the starting goalkeeper uh, role. Wahi, Wah, Wabi Kaziri is an, also another reason why they finished. Kazri is another reason why they finished it, um, in the Premier League last year. A very, very good uh, midfielder. I think uh, Adam, Adnan Yanezai might resurrect his career. Uh, David Moyes, obviously, very familiar with the player. Um, and uh, I think, you know... You have Fabio Barini, a player I really am not a huge fan of. Um, Duncan Watmore, a very nice young uh, attacking midfielder and winger that that might come into the system. Um, Lyndon Gooch, the young American, maybe if he does well, he's been playing in the preseason. He's been he played in the Capital One Cup and and I believe in the FA Cup last year. Maybe not. Maybe just the Capital One Cup last year. Maybe later in the season he can break into this team and maybe help them out. That'd be fantastic. Um, but I think they stay up. I think they're a little bit better than, than some of the other teams. Yeah, I, I have them finishing 17th right. Me right too. Relegation. Yeah. That's why they always do it. But I, think, I think David Moyes can really build something at Sunderland if, if he stays there long term. And, of course, it's been a difficult summer for them. Um, they waited a little bit of time to appoint David Moyes. Sam Allardyce gets the English manager job. So uh, they haven't really brought anyone in, but I think, I think they'll bring in more players. And I think, you know, people are starting to take away their their lens, their Jermaine lens, no, <laughs> <laughs> who plays on Sunderland, yeah. their lens away from David Moyes, and he's starting to get a little bit of pressure taken off of him. I don't yeah. think people are expecting amazing things from right. him, so I think he's going to thrive in that environment. Right. And with Everton, he overachieved. Sunderland fans will hope he will do that with their team. All right, uh, the next team that we're going to be talking about is Swansea City. Uh, Francesco Guidolin uh, was appointed in January mid-season and is still the coach. Um, we're, we're, I'm expecting a 4-3-3 with Llorente, Fernando Llorente coming up top. He came over from Sevilla. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a, a great acquisition. And Leroy Fair, a midfielder from QPR, uh, uh, is also a good player. And Borja Gonzalez, uh, a.k.a. Bastón, he's an Atleti youth product, uh, but never really played there. He was always on loan. He was most recently on Ibar. At CI Bar in La Liga and scored 18 goals and 36 appearances. A young striker, um, but he can definitely do the job. I don't think he's going to be starting over Rente though. But I, I like the Spanish strikers they're bringing over. 
And uh, I think that they are going to do a good job of staying away from the relegation fight, but I just don't know if they have the depth to go far. Yeah, you know, some big losses. They lost their captain, Ashley Williams. Uh, they've lost uh, who's Andre Ayu to West Ham. Yeah. Two huge losses, and I, I think it's going to be really hard for to recover. Lucky, good for them that they held on to Gilfie Sigurdsson, the Icelandic attacking midfielder. They signed him to another uh, to a four year deal, I believe. They have good wingers in Jefferson Montero and Nathan Dyer, Wayne Rutledge, um, but I see them in a relegation fight. I think uh, I just don't think they have enough quality and enough depth to uh, be back in the mid table. I think they can still bring in some players, even though they lost all of them. Of course, Landon Donovan, one of the owners at Swansea City, we talked to him a little bit uh, about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to be in a relegation battle. Leroy Fair, what you when you have Leroy Fair on the team, you know you're in a relegation battle. He's like the, he's sort of like I don't even know how to explain it. Who's a team that bounces? Who's a player that bounces around good teams and they like have success? I don't know. It's like I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but. Yeah. It, He's like a player who's... I think he was in Norwich last year, actually, on loan from QPR. Um, and they got relegated. QPR got relegated when he was playing there. Um, I don't think Swansea will get relegated, but relegation battle for me. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah I, I have him just uh, below, above the relegation battle. Um, yeah, I, I just think they have some talent. I like, I like Sigurdsson. I like Jefferson Montero. Uh, but I can definitely see them, you know, struggling and... and yeah. I think Sigurdsson's a fantastic player. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, moving on to the next team, we have Tottenham, who I think are a very interesting side. I did not expect them to finish as well as they did last year in third place. Mauricio Pochettino came in with a vision and has just been going at it ever since he came. Uh, in terms of the transfers that they've brought in, they've got Vincent Janssen. Um, you know, he was the lead league leading scorer <laughs> in, uh, in Eredivisie last season for AZ and Victor Wanyama, a midfielder from Southampton, who they brought over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to start alongside Eric Dyer in a four-two-three-one, and uh, Dele Ali will play under Harry Kane, and. Erickson and Lamela are going to play to the side of Dele Alli. And it, it's just, it's, I think that's just a recipe for success. The only problem is that I think if someone gets injured, like I was saying before, is that they could, they could you know, have a tough time competing for the Champions League. But they've also got a very solid back line. I think they conceded the least goals in the Premier League last year. Uh, they've got, you know, Vertonghen, Toby Alderweireld, who did a fantastic job last season. And even Rose and Kyle Walker were great. And Hugo Lloris is one of the best goalkeepers yeah. in the league. So, I mean, there's not a lot that you can point at the starting lineup and say, like, this is bad, this is average. I, I think that they've got a very strong starting lineup. Yeah, I just don't think it's enough. Everyone around them has gotten better, in my opinion, except for maybe Leicester City. Um, hopefully Vincent Janssen's not another Josie Altador. I don't think he will be. I think he's a, he's a much better player. Um, Wenyama, a good signing. I just don't think they have enough creative players if players like Eriksen Lamela and uh, Dembele aren't fit. And I think we're going to see the effects of that this season. I think, once again, the Champions League is going to take a toll on this team. Uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld are great center backs. Behind them, though, you have uh, you have Vimmer and you have Cameron Carter-Vickers and Ben Davies, who can maybe play center back. So, uh, you know, Cameron Carter-Vickers, of course, is the American, and he's a great player, but, I mean, he's I don't think he's he's good enough. Hopefully, they bring in players. Hopefully, Hu- Heung-Min Son 
can be a good player for Tottenham this season. I think he ha- he's one a player with a lot of potential who we are enjoying seeing at the Olympics. Um, so, but I I just don't see him finishing in the in the Champions League spots again. I have him finishing in the Europa League spots. Yeah, I have them finishing in the Europa League spots too. You brought up a great point in the Champions League. Uh, and the, I think that with the Europa League, they're able to kind of play like a, a B side and beat all the teams. They're not going to be able to do that with the Champions League. And I think that they have ambitions there. So I think they're, um, I think that's going to take a toll on them. So yeah. I have them finishing at the very top of the Europa League spots, mm-hmm. uh, but at fifth place. But I, I don't see them breaking in past Arsenal because I think Arsenal, even with the injuries that they have, have a little bit more depth as opposed to if Spurs were to have injuries. Yeah, and I think they just have a little bit more quality, too. But mm-hmm. um, let's move on to the next team. All right, the next team that we're going to be talking about is Watford. Uh, Watford just got promoted at the beginning of last season, uh, and their manager is Walter Mazzari, an Italian. Uh, they haven't brought in too many players. Uh, the only notable one is Isaac Success. He's a Nigerian winger from the Granada. Uh, record transfer fee, 15 million euros. Um, they're expecting him to have a pretty good season, and they're running at three-five-two in preseason uh, with Holy Boss at him on the wings. So you know we'll see we'll see what he does. Igalo had a great end to the season last mm-hmm. season, and uh, I think Kapu is a decent midfielder who can man uh, that that three-man midfield. And you know other other than that, I think a big loss for them was Miguel Ayun moving permanently to Porto. I thought maybe. Uh, you know, he could stay at Watford after his loan at Porto, but that didn't end up happening. Yeah. And I think that if they held on to him, that would be that would have been a, a strong keep. But uh, overall, you know, I don't I don't think that this team has enough to stay up. I I think that you're getting relegated. I've been getting relegated. You've Watford. They finished 13th last year. I yeah. I, I I think that I mean they had their bright spots last season, but they just haven't done enough to me. And every team, as you said, has been getting better. And I think that Watford is a team that if you figure out, they're, they're really not that impressive. And I think that, I think that, I, I just don't think they have enough quality. Wow. Well, I think uh, their coach, as he said, is going to be playing sort of five in the back. I, th- I like Jole Boss. Um, I know. Amarapt is another very good player for them. Carlos Zuniga, Jerome Sinclair. Uh, I think they're going to do some more in the transfer window. They were linked with Pereira from Juventus. If that if they pull that off, that's a great move for them. Yeah, um, that could definitely change. Troy Didi and Igalo is a great strike partnership up top. They they both did well last year. Um, and, uh, you know, Gomez, Andre Gomez, uh, not Andre Gomez, what's Gomez's first name? Uh, anyway, Gomez is a good goalkeeper. Uh, Aurelio Gomez, Aurelio Gomez, and then Costa Pantelimon is a good backup keeper. I mean, I have these guys finishing mid-table, albeit towards oh, the really? bottom. I I love Wofford. I think I think I think they're going to do well, and I think they're going to finish mid-table. I think everyone I have below them are just a little bit worse. Uh, and Swansea, did we say? Did I say where they're going to? Oh, yeah, I said relegation battle. So I, have I, I, I will say that I think if any team for my for my teams that I have are getting relegated were to stay out of that, it would be Watford and Sunderland would come into that relegation spot. But I. I think this team is going to be figured out this year. I think they're going to be exposed, and I think that they're going to regret not doing more in the transfer window if they don't make some of these signings that you're talking about. Right. If they do, then 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 you know obviously that could help them out. Well, I just think the team. Well, we both have Burnley and Hull City in the relegation zone. I have Bournemouth, and you have Watford. 
I think Watford are miles better better than Bournemouth. Just pound for pound, player for player. I think I think just they're a better team and they have quality on the team. So we'll see. I, th- I think it's possible they do get relegated, but I just don't see it happening. I I, I think they're gonna finish comfortably in the mid table. Yeah, I mean, I. I I just disagree, but uh, Fair enough. we'll see. I, I'll meet you. I'll meet you halfway in that they they could definitely finish. They could definitely escape relegation, but I don't. I don't see them finishing mid table. Okay. Uh, I, I think teams like Swansea, Middlesbrough, and Stoke are just going to finish ahead of them. Okay. But uh, yeah. All right. Moving on for our next team, we have West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. This team is you know another one of those Stoke like teams that really. Maybe a little bit worse in that you know they hang towards more the bottom half of the table, and uh, Tony Pulis, their manager, likes to play a four-two-two uh, with Rondon and Saido Berahino up top. Four-two-two. Four-two-two-two. Yeah, <laughs> three twos. And uh, you know I think they're gonna stick with that look, Rondon and Berahino. I think Rondon's gonna have a season, a very good season, similar to the one that he had presented because last season <clears throat> he was a bit disappointing. And Saito was kind of uh, making up for some of the work that he lacked. And, you know, other than that, I think that, uh, J- you know, I think Johnny Evans and Craig Dawson are solid fullbacks that um, you should watch for overlapping on the wingers. And, you know, the center attacks, the, uh, the center backs might be a bit suspect on the counterattack, and I think that's going to that's gonna be uh, some of their downfall. They're pretty slow uh, watching them in preseason, so... I don't think any, there's anything really like so special about this team, and they they didn't they didn't make a big acquisition. So I have them finishing in a relegation battle. I think they're just gonna they're just gonna. Well, I have them finishing the relegation battle too, but towards the top, I compl- I disagree slightly with your analysis. I think Johnny Evans is definitely a center back. He's played his entire career as center back, um, and with he played there with Manchester United. Uh, I Michael Dawson also center back by trade, but will probably play right back. Um, I mean, I don't, those guys aren't going to overlap. I think Saito Berahino might be on his way out of the club. He's been linked with moves for the past two years. Johnny Evans linked with a £20 million move to Arsenal. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just don't see... Uh, I don't know. I guess... I mean, has Johnny Evans been playing... left? Has been, I mean, is he playing... If Dawson's playing fullback, I assume Johnny Evans has been playing left-back in the preseason? Yeah. The... the uh, the pairing for West Brom, I think those center backs have been together for 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 some time now, so I th- I think he, uh, he's just choosing to keep it that way. I thought yeah. Johnny Evans played center back there last year. Mm, uh, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong when I when, when I when I check this, but yeah. Either way, I don't think that they have the strongest back line. No, I don't think they do either. Especially if Johnny Evans leaves, um, he's a great player or a good player. Uh, but yeah, I have him finishing the relegation battle as well. Final team. Oh, I think and I think a pretty exciting team. Um, West Ham United, they've just got their new stadium. Uh, a lot to settle into that. Uh, Slavin Bilic, the coach, uh, uh, provided a pretty good season last year. Uh, they finished quite high. Was it 6th? I think they finished 6th or 7th. Yeah, 7th, I think. 7th, yeah, because they had to qualify for the Europa League. Southampton finished 6th, I think. Yeah. So, um, the biggest signing was Andre Ayew, the 24 million euro winger from Swansea City. Um, a, a bit of a high price, but I think he can definitely perform when he's in form. Uh, we've seen it for club and for country. And uh, Manuel Lanzini, attacking midfielder from Al Jazeera, was also an acquisition they made. Don't know much about him. 
But um, and also Masawaka, the left back from Olympiacos. That's that's the last acquisition. Wait, so uh, they have two Lanzinis now? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I huh. guess so. <laughs> um, and uh, in terms of departures, as you said before, when we're talking about Crystal Palace, uh, James Tompkins moved over there. Uh, this team has, uh, you know, a lot of quality in in. And when I say a lot of quality, I'm talking mainly about Dimitri Payet. <laughs> he, uh, he was just so fantastic and really fantastic for the main part of France. Um, I think it shows you that he can succeed in a number of systems. They said it was just in Ligue 1, then they said it wasn't just in West Ham. But I, I think even after West Ham, because I assume he's not going to be here for, for many more seasons, he's going to have a successful career. And I think he's going he's gonna to push this team um, you know, into the Europa League spots. Uh, I, I disagree just because I think Europa League, I think they're going to do well in the Europa League, and I think that's going to probably take away, um, from, from the team. I think it's a team that can win the Europa League, though, if they do well there. Uh, I think a couple of signings you were forgetting, I think a big one is, uh, Nordweit, the defensive midfielder, the captain from Borussia Mönchengladbach, and Faguli, a very exciting winger, um, from some team in Spain, I can't remember, I always get them mixed Valencia, up. Right? I think Valencia. Yeah. Um, but, and they've been linked with some big players, so if they bring him in, that could be good for them. Faguli, an exciting winger. Reese Oxford, the young center back, young English center back, uh, I think will break into the team this year. I do have him finishing towards the top of the mid-table, um, but I just, I just think it's going to be, they're going to be spread too thin, like I've been saying for a lot of teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what that, I, I think, I think that's, that's definitely a way that you can look at it. I just have a feeling that, you know, West Ham... They need another striker. Andy Carroll is a great striker when he's on form, but they really have no one backing him up. That's what that's what they need. And between the Europa League, the Capital One Cup, the FA Cup, the congested schedule, and of course the Prem, I just think they need another striker. And of course they can get one. Uh, Andre Ayu can play up there. Ener yeah. Valencia can also play up there. Um, but I think they need another big man up top. To- I, I think Andre Ayu is going to provide a lot, though, from, from mm-hmm. you know the position he's been playing in at winger. Especially with the help of Dimitri Payet, and I think that I think that definitely this team can disappoint. But you know they, they've got they got consistency in their captain Mark Noble, who just who always shows up. And uh, I think this team is an exciting team to watch, and I, I hope they can finish uh, in the Europa League spots. If not, you know I, I definitely would say that they would they would more likely finish in the mid table. There's yeah. just too much talent up there. Absolutely. They, they got a good team. Uh, they, they just have to figure it out. Billich, Slavin Billich is a great coach. All right, so that concludes our table predictions for the English Premier League. Before we get into our uh, award predictions, let's talk about Ambitious Strike. Ambitious Strike is a soccer-themed apparel company based out of Arizona. They have some great t-shirts. We wear them all the time. Go check out their website, ambitiousstrike.com. And use the brothers or use the code brothers at checkout for a fifteen percent discount on your entire purchase. The link to their website, as always, is in the description. All right, so let's talk about some award predictions. So we have multiple categories. We have uh, prediction for top scorer, top newcomer, as in top newcomer from outside the league, player of the year, top assister, top goalkeeper, breakout and breakout player of the year. All right, so let's stop. Let's start at the top. Excuse me, it is late at night. I am yeah, mumbling over late. my words. Um, Zlatan, well, my. Let's start with top scorer. Who's your top scorer? <laughs> Who is yours? You <laughs> <just> wonder. <laughs> um, 
Well, my my top scorer is Sergio Aguero. Uh, he's a player that you know can perform just as good as about any striker when he's in form. And I think that he's going to get better support this year from Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling and Alito underneath him. And I have Manchester City winning the league, and I think for them to win the league, Aguero does need to be in that top five score echelon. For me, it's about him staying healthy. I have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think he's absolutely going to boss it in the league. It's written in his contract that he has to be a starting player for this team, so we know he's going to get games, and I think he's going to score goals. All right, top newcomer. All right, do you want to comment on it? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that Ibrahimovic obviously can perform, but I don't just don't know if he's a Premier League player. I, I don't. I think he is. He's good in the air. He's good with his feet. He can do literally everything. I, you know, I'm not just saying that because he's, a, you know, he's lost on Ibrahimovic and he's coming into the league. I think the style that. Uh, Manchester United are going to play are going to be really beneficial for him. He has creative players like Mkhitaryan, uh, Rooney, Mata, Herrera. He has those guys, Pogba, who can feed him balls. So I think it's going to be a great season for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And he doesn't have too much competition up top, really. So Yeah. And I also think it's, I mean, this is a bit off topic, but I think it's a bit exciting for, because I'm a player who really admires Edison Cavani, and I think it's going to be nice to have him just starting centrally uh, for PSG. You're a player that admires. <laughs> like y'all said, it's pretty late. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're falling who's your, apart so here. Who's your top newcomer? My top newcomer, I think, just by virtue of him being top scorer, is Laton. I don't think I need to explain myself there. I'm actually having trouble uh, reading my handwriting here. Didn't you put Mkhitaryan? Oh right, Henrique. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did put Mkhitaryan, and um, even though I somehow forgot to put him in my starting lineup for Manchester United, I think he's a player that is going to create a lot for Ibrahimovic, and he's going to have a lot of goals. He had a great season for Richard Dortmund last year. Um, I think last year was really the player, uh, player, the same player for <laughs> the year where he came into his own. Uh, and part of that may have been in the absence of uh, Mar- Marco Royce and him doing as well, but I think it, w- it was his chance to shine, and he did. He was part of the reason that you know they, they fought for a while with Bayern Munich for that top spot, and he has the talent. Um, and let's see if Jose Mourinho can uh, organize his men in the right way and have Mkhitaryan be a threatening player. All right, top assister, I have Mesut Ozil. Who do you have? Uh, for top assister... I also have Macedoso. All right. I, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Top goalkeeper, I have David De Gea. I think uh, Manche- or Jose Mourinho knows how to organize the defense. De Gea already a top goalkeeper, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Yeah. I mean, I think David De Gea has to do less this season you know, than he did in the previous year because I think United is going to score more goals, going to be on the front foot a little bit more often. Uh, but, you know, you said it. I agree. David De Gea is my keeper. I think Hugo Lloris would be my second if I had to choose. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Breakout player of the year. Who do you have? Uh, breakout player of the year, I have Victor Fischer. Uh, uh, transfer to Middlesbrough now. I think he's going to be a great player. I think 5 million euros is actually kind of a steal mm-hmm. from Ajax. And uh, let's see if his talent in the Eredivisie can translate to the Premier League. might take him a bit, but I think he has what it takes to become a top player. I wanted to put Idrissa Ganagé, our guy, um, for Everton, but I think he's already done it for Aston Villa. Um, I wanted to put Reese Oxford maybe, but I went with Andre Gray. 
the striker for Burnley. I think they will go down, but I think he's going to have a fantastic season. He had 40, 23 goals and forty one appearances for the club last or in the in, uh, for Burnley. Um, he was Championship Player of the Year, and I think we we saw it with Troy Deeney. I think he's going to have a similar season to to Troy Deeney last year. So basically, you're saying that. Uh, he won't be in the championship next year. Uh, yep, that yeah, is what I'm saying. That is exactly what I am saying. All right, that concludes this episode of the Soccer Brothers Podcast, episode number 56. As always, I have been Nihal Qatar, joined by my brother Sahil Qatar, flipping the script at the end of the podcast here. Make sure to look out for our website going live. Make sure to look out with our interview with Landon Donovan, episode 60 of the podcast. We hope to get one more guest in before uh, episode 60. Um, check out our, all of our social media. We're on Instagram and on Twitter at Soccer Bros Pod. We are on Facebook. Uh, just search Soccer Brothers Podcast. You can email us at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Questions, email us. Yeah, email us questions, email us comments, concerns. What are your Premier League predictions? We'd love to know. You can also contact us on Twitter, of course. I think that's probably one of the better places to contact us. Um, Also, you know, you should definitely go there for updates about our our interviews or, you know, just what we're doing. Um, Also, make sure to rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you're on on SoundCloud, follow us. Uh, If you're on another... uh, podcast app well you found us so thank you um but yeah that's it for episode 56 of the soccer brothers podcast we will see you for episode 57 of the soccer brothers podcast see you later